A good near Shabbos to our members and friends of the Westmount Shul. You know, there is a uh, understanding in American politics that there's something called the October Surprise, where uh, shortly before the election, one side that's been holding some incriminating evidence against the opposition candidate brings it out right before the election in hopes to uh, have that candidate lose. So Lahavdol, the Jewish people have what I will call the Ador Surprise. What do I mean by the Ador Surprise? Well, we've been hunkered down for the winter. The month of Ador comes, as the Gemara says, Mishenichnas Ador Marbim Besimcha. When the month of Ador enters, we increase Simcha. And therefore, we're getting excited about Purim. We're getting excited about the spring. We're getting into the Pesach mode. And as we're thinking about spring, as no sooner than we've left the first day of Ador, where the weather was fairly balmy for uh, Toronto standards, we're hit with a very uh, uh, challenging uh, snowstorm. And this morning, coming into the shul into the unplowed um, parking lot uh, we pushed through in the snow took time to clean off the car all kinds of things to make it to shul to take the grandchildren to carpool to get them to school and all those things it's Hashem's Ador surprise Misha Nichnas Ador Marvi Mesimcha so I'm going to give you a snowstorm and you're going to have to clean the driveway and all the challenges that come with the snow. Now, of course, some people avoid this completely and they go to Florida or warmer climates. But the truth of the matter is, there's always surprises in life. And the real question is, you know, what should our attitude be towards this? It's interesting, the Rambam writes in Hilchas Deus, he says a person in general should not be a frivolous person, shouldn't, uh, you know, lose control of themselves, shouldn't be a depressed person, but should be sameach, should be happy. And if a whole year long we're supposed to be happy, on Ador we have to increase the happiness. And the question is, why? And the next question is, how do we achieve that? Well, part of the why is the Gemara in Ta'anis, that tells us the story that Rav Broca was in the marketplace and he met Eliyahu Novi. And Rav Broca asked Eliyahu Novi, is there anyone here in the marketplace who is destined for Olam Haba? Is a Ben Olam Haba? And Eliyahu says, yes, these two fellows that just walked in there, B'nai Olam Haba. Rav Broca looked at them and they didn't seem to be very uh, lofty people. So he goes over to them and says, what do you guys do? So he said, we're clowns. And we go over to people who are sad and we cheer them up. Now, the Gemara is a little bit challenging. And the Marsha explains, you know, it doesn't say that they were joyful in areas of Torah and mitzvahs. They're just happy people. And they wanted to make other people happy. So why do you get all the for that? So the Marsha explains, based on another Gemara. Gemara says, when a person is suffering, what is Hashem saying up in Shemaim? 
And basically, Hashem is saying, I, I feel terrible. My head hurts, so to speak. My arm hurts. All the plans I had to create a world that man should have pleasure. Man is not having pleasure. So, therefore, if a person has any types of suffering or depression, he has issues of shalom bias, parnosis and good, and he has reasons to really be sad. So you have to realize that when you are sad, the Shekhinah is also sad. And that's not unusual because we know as parents what can have us be very sad if our children are sad. Your kid comes home from school, he's crying, things aren't good in school. You're upset that your kid's upset. Your kid doesn't win a trophy, you get upset. If a child is suffering, we are suffering. And therefore we have to understand that when you are suffering, the Shekhinah is suffering. And therefore, what the Marsha is saying is these clowns are worthy for Olam Haba because they're minimizing people's suffering, which removes Hashem's feeling of suffering. And therefore, each and every one of us, if something is not going our way, which could, could tend to depress us, make us sad, we have to remember, that if we are sad, we're causing Hashem to be sad. And we, Hashem doesn't want this. So we should be besimcha. And if we are besimcha, Hashem will be to be besimcha. Okay, so this is one understanding. And that's why sometimes we have people, we should never know this, if let's say uh, you have an elderly parent who is sickly and there was some bad news that happened, Sometimes the children will shield the parent from the bad news. Why? Because they don't want them to suffer. And therefore, a lot of times, a child himself who's going through trauma may not share it with the parent because he doesn't want the parent to suffer. And when they see the parent, they put on a face of happiness. Well, here we're not telling you to put on a face of happiness. Here we're telling you to genuinely be happy. Now, the question is, I don't understand. How can I be happy when there's uh, circumstances that are causing me to be sad? And especially in Ador, that we're supposed to have extra happiness. So what does Hashem do? He plunks down 15 centimeters of snow. And I'm supposed to be happy. You know, it's interesting. I, I came after I did the carpool this morning. So there's a caretaker, a non-Jewish caretaker. And uh, I come walking down the hallway. I'm smiling. I give him a cheery good morning. He says, oh, terrible day, terrible day. I said, it's a great day. It's a great day. But you see, the difference is he knows if it's snowing, he's got to work harder to clean the building and things like that. And he's letting circumstances control him. And maybe he feels that I'm a bit annoying for him. What's I, What am I smiling about? I don't know. I had to clean the snow off of my car, and that took quite a while. I have to put on my Uggs and my winter gear to get ready and to take off. And when I go into the shul, to take off my Uggs so I don't trample in any snow into the shul. These are all things, but yet, why is this rabbi happy? So let's go a little further and explain an interesting story. We know after the first temple was destroyed, there were a great number of uh, holy Jews who were brought into Babylonia and to serve King Nebuchadnezzar. And one of them was Nehemiah. 
Nehemia was the official butler of Taryovesh, who was a descendant, um, he was uh, from the Persians and Medes, it was after Bavel was destroyed as well, but the Jews are in exile. And it's been 70 years and the base of English is not rebuilt. So the Navi tells us an interesting thing. It was in the month of Nisan, Nehemiah says, and I was carrying the wine and I gave it to the king and Rashi explains that over there, that I usually was never in a bad mood. I always was happy and cheerful, but on this particular day, I was sad. Right away, the King Daryavar says, why are you sad? It must be that you are attempting to rebel against me. And you must be trying to poison me with this wine. To which Nehemiah answered, no, I'm sad that there's no base Hamikdash and this and that and all these other things. But the obvious question is, why does the king think that just because Nehemiah is making a sad face, that he's trying to assassinate the king? Is there a shortage of reasons for a person to be sad, especially a Jew in the exile in Bavel? Maybe, you know, Nehemiah's wife, you know, had a rough, uh, wasn't feeling well. He was up all night, or maybe up with the kids. Maybe the person, maybe Nehemiah has a stomach ache, and he couldn't sleep the whole night. Why all of a sudden Nehemiah, he was a true servant of the king, why does he think now he's going to poison him? So the rabbis explain, anybody who serves the king has to always be besimcha when he serves him. Your wife doesn't feel good, your kid is sick. Nothing should change when you're in the presence of the king. You have to be the simcha. And the question is, why? Why do you have to be so happy when you're in the presence of the king? And you see that when you when you are a, a, a butler or whatever you are for the king, it, many years you serve the king. And you're telling me to serve the king every time without any change? And if for one little change, I'm a little bit sad, I deserve to get killed? How is it possible to keep doing the same thing and have a smile on your face all the time? And the answer is, when we say the blessing on the moon, and we talk about the idea of the loyalty of the moon, that the, that the, that the, the sun and the moon, they do their jobs with regularity, they are joyful to do the will of their master. That's what we say when we say Kiddush Levana. And there's two obvious questions. How do Chazal know that the moon is happy doing its job? Have you ever seen the moon smile? And number two, how do, what's the source from Chok Uzman Nosan Lahem, which is Hashem gave them set times and they don't change their course of action. The moon always steadily does what he does. And the question is, so what's the connection between the moon steadily doing what it does and they're joyous to do the will of Hashem? And the answer is, how is it possible for a person to do the same job over and over without any changes? We're always doing an excellent job. The answer can only be if a person is joyful with what he's doing. If he's happy with the job, he'll always do it. Or as the great saying goes, if you, if you have a job 
and you're doing something you like as your job, you never have to work a day in your life, and you're always happy. So therefore, if you're serving the king, you have to always be joyful, because if you're not joyful, you won't do a good job. So joy brings the joie de vivre and the excitement that I'm doing something great and I want to do it. So therefore, the moon, the fact that it does its job every day, existentially, means it's happy with the job. And therefore, when Daryavish saw that Nehemiah wasn't happy, what did he understand? If he's not happy, then he's not going to be doing his job properly. And maybe he has thoughts of revolution and killing him. And therefore, you have to realize, if you are serving the king, first of all, that's a great honor. And to serve properly, one has to be with joy. And therefore, we all have to know that we are the servants of the greatest king of all kings. We are, as I've said many times, ambassadors of Hashem, ambassadors of love, hope, light, comfort to so many people. And therefore, if you're in a room and it's a, it's a wintry day and you're comfortable and someone opens the window and it gets you upset, but you hold yourself back. Okay, why? Because I'm a servant of God and I don't start yelling and screaming because someone opened the window. I do what Hashem wants for me. I'm walking in the street and there's all kinds of things I should not be looking at. So what do I do? I close my eyes. It's hard, but when you serve the king, it's your pleasure to serve the king. You come home from a difficult day of work and your spouse you know, is giving you uh, problems, troubles, whatever. Be quiet, let it go. You have to go to shul early in the morning when it's snowing or you have to go to a class and a shear. Everyone has to do everything in spite of the difficulties that are there. Still, we're in the service of the king. And someone who's in the service of the king should always be besimcha. Just think, you know, people kill themselves, knock themselves out to, to in business and working for people. And when you get a raise and you get money, you're happy that you're acknowledged for what you're doing. Realize that everything we do in service of Hashem is something Hashem will be rewarding us greatly in an infinite way. There can be nothing greater than serving the king. And when you are besimcha, number one, first of all, Hashem is our father. And when we are happy, Hashem is happy, number one. Number two, we have such a privilege to be serving the Almighty, who is not like other institutions, um, such as um, uh, news institutions or fake news institutions that uh, have workers work for them. And if you step out of line one step, you get fired because they don't really care about you. And a Kaddish Baruch Hu is not like that. And therefore, to make sure to do a good job, you have to be happy. If you're not happy, you're not going to do a good job. And we're here to do the good job and the best job. And we're so fortunate. We have a, we have a boss, so to speak. We have a Shem who only wants to give us the best. And we will succeed in receiving all this. And all Hashem wants, put on a smile. You're not doing drudge work. I understand the caretaker did not smile today because what's he doing? He's working for Smart Center. How much does he get paid? Minimum wage probably. And what does he care? He's just doing it to make a little money. 
You think Smart Center loves him, cares about him. It's a business deal. And therefore, when it's snowing, I got extra work to do. I ain't getting extra pay. But I was smiling this morning. Why? Because I had to spend another five minutes clearing off the snow, and it's cold. And I have to brave through the weather, and I got to plow through the snow, so to speak. And then I got to take off my Uggs and put back on other shoes to show respect for the shoe that I'm going into. And meanwhile, I know this is making Hashem happy. And I am so fortunate to be able to do this. As opposed to just rolling over and staying in bed. And therefore, that's Bedafka. It's called the Ador Surprise. Because Hashem says, And it has nothing to do with the external situation. And more than that, the more difficult it is, the happier Hashem is with your consistent service. And when Hashem says, oh, even when I throw a big storm, that's how we celebrate Ador. We celebrate it with a storm because you are going to be consistent in what you're doing. And those of us who come to Shul in the last few Shabbosim, the weather's been a bit challenging. And those who have come to Shul, those are the ones who are the happiest, the happiest. And those who stay at home, nothing to be excited about. There are challenges, and I know it's hard. I know there's difficulties. But that's the real issue. Are you happy serving God the way God asks us to serve him? Not the way we tell God how we're prepared to serve him. And therefore, what happens in life should not be a direct cause of making us happy or sad but rather understanding there is a constant opportunity to be an ambassador of Hashem and you want to be an ambassador in the nicest way possible. We know that the Chidusha Harim, the Ger Rebbe, had many children and unfortunately almost all his children died in his lifetime. And when he came back from the funeral from the seventh child who died, his facial expression was regular. You couldn't see a lot of suffering on his face. So his Rebbitson saw him and the Rebbitson was crying and was so emotional. So she turns to her husband and says, tell me, Rebbitson, have you buried now a, a chicken? A goat? I don't see, you know, I don't see on your face that you came back from a cemetery. You buried your seventh child. I'm going to sign your face. Says the Chidushe Harim of Yitzchak Meir Alter, Shechron Levrach, Shchusi Yegenolim. He said like this: Hashem brings the tzara, the depression a person takes for himself. Hashem took my son, but I don't want depression to take me away. So it is with everything in life. Hashem gives us challenges. A person can decide, does he want to be depressed or does he not want to be depressed? Yes, you can be sad, but not depressed. The Peleoetz says in his, um, uh, on the topic of Simcha, he says a person has to always control his emotions. To be very sad when you want to be and to be joyful when you want to be and not 
and and one should not go into the border of another one. When you want to be happy, you should be happy. When you want to be sad, you should be sad. Each one has to be in its place when you feel it's appropriate to bring it up. And he says, and sometimes you have to be happy on the one side and sad on the other side. Yes, a person may have gotten a, 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 a lash. A person may have suffered. Something did happen that wasn't so good. But you're not obligated to be depressed. Hashem gives the, the, the problem. But the depression the person takes from himself. And you're the one who has a choice if you want to do that or not. The Sefer Orchas Chai, Orchas Tzadikim says an incredible idea. He says, anyone who does mitzvahs with simcha, your reward is a thousand times greater than when you do a mitzvah as a chore. Because a mitzvah that a Jew does is a thout with happiness that increases it amazingly as if a, as opposed person who did not do it. So we have three points to remember. Number one, when we're sad, Hashem is sad. And we love our Father in Heaven. We don't want Him to be sad. We want Him to be happy. And when we're happy, He's happy. Number two, we should be happy because we have given the greatest task to ever do in mankind's history. An ambassador of God. And therefore, when Hashem gives us difficult situations and other people could be sad, we're cheering ourselves, we're cheering everybody up. Because that's the way you do your job well. And that shows how privileged you feel. And number three, you're rewarded a thousand times better. I want to close with a story. And the story was told over by Rav Chiske Yosef Karlenstein, whose father, um, we've qu quoted him uh, many times from uh, the Sforum. And this is a story he relates. He says, I cannot forget as my father was coming to the end of his life, he was sick. He had all kinds of issues, kidney failure, etc. He says two months before he passed away, and this was after being two weeks in the hospital. And he says, my father wanted very much to be at least one Shabbos in the house. And with Chazdei Hashem, his health began to improve. And he got to come back to the house. And it was there of Shabbos. He was so happy to be in his home for Shabbos. He was there a couple hours. Suddenly, uh, the, the son sees the father doesn't look as well as he thinks he should. He begins to feel his head. He begins to feel that there's a fever going. And when you're, uh, you know, um, uh, on uh, medications and all kinds of... Uh, things that uh, you're doing to try to keep the person away from this, the sickness spreading. You're in a compromised position. So therefore, you got to be very careful if there's a fever and there could be, you know, germs and all these things going on over there. So the son says, I think we may have to take you back to the hospital. And the father says, at least let me be here for one Shabbos that we can go back to the hospital. 
But his son said, no, Abba, you have a fever. That means there's all kinds of trouble going on. We can't let this go. So they called over a, a from Jewish doctor. He, he takes, he feels the pulse of the father. He says, and he takes the temperature. Oh, you got a very high fever. It's pikuach nefesh. You have to immediately go back to the hospital. They didn't wait a moment. It's Arab Shabbos still. They call an ambulance. And uh, they come right, and, and the, or Hatzola, or whoever it is, and they're already dressed in their Shabbos clothes. But they understand they have to take him to the hospital. And the father of Karlenstein said, what am I asking for already? I'm asking for one Shabbos. Why can't you give me one Shabbos? I'm being ripped out from my house. I don't know what to do. And as they're driving and they're on the way to the hospital and the son is in the, in the ambulance as well. So one of the people uh, of the, the uh, people in the ambulance, they turn to the son and he said with tears, do you hear what your father's saying? And the son bent over, his father is whispering, his father is singing. His father is dreaming of the one Shabbos in the house. He so much wanted to have those hours in the house. But the situation did not allow. Rev. Karlenstein was so sick because of his sickness, he already has had two feet amputated. He's not asking for much. All he wants is a Shabbos in his house. But Hashem has decided, no, you're going to spend Shabbos in the hospital. And this could be nothing nothing more disappointing to a person who knows that they're dying and want to spend the Shabbos at home. But still he was besimcha and he could sing Smiro Shabbos even in such a state. And that's what the Peleoites has said. A person has to be in control of his moods. To be sad when it's warranted. To be happy when it's warranted. And as the Chedush Arim says, Hashem may bring the suffering, but the sadness and depression you take for yourself. So as we come on now to the first Shabbos, the first Shabbos of Ador, and the weather forecast, again, is very cold, very bleak. This is, again, a long version of the Ador surprise. Let us all rejoice and be thrilled. It couldn't be any better. And Hashem is choosing us that we want to be happy, so Hashem will be happy. We know we're in service of Hashem. And every step in the snow and in the wind is giving Hashem so much pride in us that we're so loyal to Hashem. And so with that joy, you see, it's so easy. The Yetzirah just makes you depressed and you lose 999% of the reward. I'm not going to waste it. If I'm already doing all the effort to do all the things that are necessary, by golly, I will be besimcha. And I'll increase the simcha because you got to increase the simcha to overcome the challenge of the sadness. I wish us all 
a simcha dika erev Shabbos, a simcha dika Shabbos, a simcha dika Ador. No matter what the challenges are, we will not bring the depression to ourselves. We'll bring the simcha, and the simcha will be um, contagious, and we'll all have mamish the most freilicha, beautiful Purim coming up. Bimheir of Yameno. Amen. Thank you all for listening.